Hi, my name's Tash and I'm an alcoholic. And my name's Annie and I'm also an alcoholic. And this is an exploratory podcast about alcoholism, mental health and some other stuff. And all the things that make us ask, why why am I like this? Is not Caitlin today. No. No Caitlin, no Greatlin. I've never been Caitlin. No. And I never could be Caitlin. No. Mm. Oh. Damn. But she's a little bit under the weather today. Um, so Caitlin, not me. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> it's just one whole hour of Annabelle Sneakman and myself chatting about the last couple of months, how our drinking's been going some sober achievements that we've had and just goals looking forward to the future. So, Annabelle. Mm, Yes. How are you? Well, I was doing okay and then you pronounced my last name weirdly, but that's fine. There's no N in the beginning half, but that's okay. I'm good apart from that. That's good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your band because I know we've touched on it a bit uh, at the beginning of the series that you are a little little muso and you like to dabble um and if by dabble you mean overcommit to (laughs) six (laughs) different bands and then try and front one of your own yes yes um is that a stressful experience look if you asked me about a year ago and all of the years leading up to that I would have said no but now I've since learnt well, I've become more aware of my stress signals and anxiety symptoms and all of that. So, yes, it is. More stressful. <laughs> it's No, I'm just aware of yeah. what effects it's having on me. What are your warning signs that you're getting stressed? Pick at my skin quite a bit. Yes, um, like I'll scratch at my head and I'll pick at scabs and I'll squeeze any follicle I can find. Yeah pretty obsessively and that will that will get significantly worse the more stressed I am yeah it's quite stressful to watch as well Mm. like when I watch you do it the same way I'll compulsively clean underneath my nails (laughs) is my way even now you just chew your lips yeah nails gross me out it's clicky I know and it's so difficult I think for us not to snap at each other about those things and just to sort of kindly place a hand on the other person and say Stop doing Please that. Please stop doing that. You insane person. Please stop chewing your mouth. Yeah. Please stop picking your skin when really you're like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think for me, the first few times that I would notice, because you do what I call anxious hands, um, which Ruby explained to me might be your version of sort of stimming, um, which I guess is where Annie will hold her hands up in front of her chest and sort of fiddle with her fingers and twist them back and forth. And Picture a T-Rex. That's kind <laughs> of me. And I'm just like fiddling with my fingers in front of me. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty accurate, pretty accurate actually. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's something that you do as soon as, as soon as you feel any sort of panic, anxiousness, as soon as you're unsure of something, sometimes even if I... And I, like, you're... 
you're saying this because you see me doing it, whereas I don't notice when I am yeah. started doing it until you tap me on the shoulder and go, just your hands, watch your hands. <laughs> and that's, you know, I had a really good chat to my friend Ruby who was explaining that that is your version, well, it might be your version of stimming and trying to calm yourself down and self-soothe and actually me telling you to stop that is not helping. Like, <laughs> so since that conversation, I think well, I've tried really hard um, to not just let you do it, um, but notice that you're doing it and then try and address the thing that's making you anxious. Yeah, I think it's more of a mindful, that's where like mindfulness will come into being a pretty big help for anxiety and things like that. Do you think you're mindful? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I like I have. Like I, I, there were a couple of years there where I was meditating most days. Yeah, and amazing. It was incredible, but because I'm so much more aware of everything. Why do you think you are more aware of everything? Because I've had you to point it <laughs> out to me. No, um, like I, I do talk. I'm very vocal about my mental health and my feelings, and I think it's yeah. I think I, that's definitely rubbed off on you. You're you're great I think at it's because I have someone that I can actually safely work things out with. Yeah. every day. Yeah, that's nice. Oh. Mm. Look at us. So your band Seabass, very yeah, that was a big exciting. tangent. Well, look, Caitlin and I are full of tangents, so this is just just like uh, usual. Um, yeah, so Seabass, you had your big single launch, which is yes. obviously fairly stressful, and I know a lot of organisation went into that. Um, I want to know how you felt in the lead up, and then how you felt immediately afterwards. <laughs> uh, it's a funny one because my memory is very good at creating a false memory. Yes, um, false memories are such a thing. Because overall it was a huge success. Yes, definitely. I've just decided the whole thing was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so sure. that's kind of how my brain works. It's that, yeah. So nothing went wrong, therefore it was a success. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's true. Yeah. Uh, I think everything did go pretty smooth. Like I think the only thing that was probably the most stressful is the effect that it was maybe having on those around me and the pressure that I was placing on other people okay. quite close to me. Like people in the, your band family? Uh, or? Well, mainly just Ryan, <laughs> who happens to <laughs> be Lol. our guitarist <laughs> and producer and the sound guy for Why Am I Like This Podcast. And Extraordinaire. He's just... In everything and everywhere. Well, I think you and Ryan have a good relationship when it comes to band things. Like I think that yeah. you can sort of rely on each other and hopefully put some of those pressures because obviously Ryan has his own band as well. Yes. Um, you're both insane, always doing all the things. Because um, I'm in that as well. Yeah, but I think it's because you do so much together, I think you are like a – it's a good little relationship where you both keep each other really grounded. And He's my band husband. Yeah. But, Ryan, do you feel that sometimes Annie overloads you or panics you with her stress? No, not not intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the problem. (laughs) No, no, we're we're pretty immediate with communication and stuff and I think the stress that she's referring to that she recently put on me was the single, but that wasn't really. There was more time frames. Yeah, that was just, you know, she announced the launch date of, of the gig of the single and um, then recorded and the then single. Rec- and, then, <laughs> and it was a month out and I'm like, Annie, you realise that the turnaround for a single from 
recording it to it being, you know, Finished. on Spotify and stuff is about four weeks. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, so how much time do we have? I'm like, we need to finish recording this tomorrow. <laughs> and that was that was in the last week of uh, my TAFE semester. <laughs> oh so, you know, I was kind of a little bit under pressure there. But, you know, I think what came out the other side of that whole thing was really good. I think pressure, the thing about pressure is, especially with musicians, like sometimes it's a, a good thing because there is... You know, sometimes you can leave things open-ended, i.e. what I've been doing in my band. Mm. So, you know. Yeah, this band is kind of the polar opposite in that I'm like, yeah, let's get it done, come on. Fast and loose, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. And that gets results. Yeah, I was going to say Annie's all about results. Totally. It's because my attention span's so short. It is. That if I let anything go on for too long, I'll lose interest. Mm, You lose the motivation. Yeah, I kind of have to do it like that. I think also like one of Annie's... We live in a constant state of disaster. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing goes goes wrong though. No, it doesn't. You are are just highly... And I mean anxious isn't even the word. You're just highly energised about it, you know, until it happens. I think Annie's a very good delegator as well. Yeah. Which is something that I need to work on because I need I kind of take it upon myself to try and fulfill everything. But Annie just knows the right people to get in contact that with that'll do the heavy lifting of like, you know, she branches out way more than I do. I just know that there are people out there who are better at doing things. So I like to But you're very community minded, Annie, and you like with most things that you do, you want community involvement, you True. want like your peers around, you want to involve people who might not have seen things before, like that's that's really prevalent for you in everything you do, I think. Mm, I think a lot of it is the anxiety thing. It's my way of not feeling alone and feeling like we've got this common goal. Yeah. yeah. And it's something else to focus on rather than just having lunch with someone or yeah, <laughs> like a social thing. A social thing. It's which got a result. It's got awful. an end product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get what you mean. You know like, what I mean? Yeah. I guess I went out for lunch the other day and it was lovely, but I left and I was like, well, I didn't get anything done, <laughs> you know? Like I was like, well, that wasn't a business meeting. I didn't sort of achieve anything. It was just fun for the sake of it, I guess. And, yeah, I guess doing things for the sake of it or doing things for myself is still a relatively new concept mm. one that I'm working with. How did drinking go? Because I know when you're – in a band, a lot of the time um, you have a rider or I know, especially at the Grace, you get your <laughs> Yeah, we get the esky beers. on the yeah. step full of Coopers. Yeah. And is that hard to stay away from or do you crave? I mean, like, do you know what it is? It's like it's almost like cracking the beer is more satisfying than having it. Okay. <laughs> like cracking a tinny. It's such a great sound. I wish I hadn't cracked the Pepsi that was next to me because then I'd do it right into the microphone. Yeah, there's something about that and that first swig and it just goes go, 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 go. Yeah, anyway, that whole thing. So, no, I don't think about it at all. Um, (laughs) No, that night I had a job to do. And the job was more important. And the job, yeah, the job was more important. Usually it'd be afterwards that everyone's like the the anxiety is kind of gone and I can just hang yeah. out and have fun. That's usually when I start to want one more. But even then, yeah, like right. I was so exhausted that I was just like, yeah, we had a good night and so many of my cool friends are here and so many of my friends that I, like random friends that I haven't seen in years that have been living over the other side of the world were there. 
Um, so I was more preoccupied with that yeah. and enjoying that, which was nice. So in that instance, no, but it is definitely something that comes up. Usually, like, it might happen, like, on a tour or, like... Because everyone else in the band drinks around you, don't they? Yeah. I mean, not, like, gratuitously. No, no, no. But, but like, like, yeah, everyone else drinks. And that's fine. Yeah. You don't ever want to ask them to not or anything? No. Yeah, that's good. Like, I'm the the same. I I don't... I mean, normally, depending on the situation, I normally don't mind people drinking um, in front of me as long as they're not, you know, on a bender or on a mission to get drunk. Yeah. Then it's yeah, not a not a bother. But it's it's interesting what you were saying about really wanting it afterwards because I find that I'm the exact opposite and I want alcohol. Like I felt very I get I don't know I was nervous for you. I was excited for you and I was nervous and I yeah just secondhand feelings I guess. But yeah, I just really wanted a drink in my hand. Like I didn't know what to do with my mm. hands when I was. Well, that's of... why I was chain smoking. Yeah, sure. Before and after the gig. Yeah, which so, I mean, you that don't just do. replaces it. Yeah, really. I just made a point to have you know a soda water in my hand all night. But even then, like mm. I just sort of I wanted to put it down because I wanted to dance. But then I felt weird and anxious and are people looking at me and so I put it down and pick it up and put it down and pick it up and then I'm like oh my god I picked up and put down my drink like three times people are looking at me they know that I'm that weird sober girl (laughs) nobody fucking cares like literally nobody and then as soon as the event's over I'm like oh no like it's it's all good I can talk to everyone and the desire for a drink is completely gone yeah it's definitely more the anxious preamble could I ask at this point Mm. um, yes in these certain like scenarios, is there like an element of, well, I've like conquered this thing that it was leading up to and is there like an element of like drink as a yes. reward, like just a quiet one? Is there like that? Does yes. that nag you guys? Yes. Yeah, see, not so much for me. Yes. That surprises me, Tash. <clears throat> mine's the before. Mine's the I can't do it without. Right, okay. And, like, that's what drives me to... So it's more of a crutch sort of thing. Totally. And it was actually really surprising um, using the app that I religiously used when I first got sober. It's called I Am Sober and I've I've spoken about it before and it allows you to log the changes that you've noticed. And it also lets you sort of sum up your day, how you felt and how achievable staying sober was and what activities you sort of had. And through that logging process... I was able and really surprised actually to see <laughs> that it was anxiety that triggered me wanting to drink. Mine's and, anxiety. Uh. Like I was genuinely shocked and, you know, and I really was like, what do you mean? Like I'm full of personality mm. and I am um, and it's completely fueled by anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's. it's. Is it like social anxiety? Mine is because I. that's the thing, like I don't need. Like I'm not, I don't get stage fright or I mm. don't get nervous about playing. I get nervous about people. Yeah. Talking to you or looking and at you. Talking to me, looking at me, walking past me in the bathroom. Like, yeah. am I accidentally going to go into the toilet stall when someone's already in there? Like, honestly, <laughs> the most banal shit yeah. that you could be anxious about, I'm anxious about it. Right. Yeah. And that's why I, that's mostly why I would drink. Is yeah. to shut that up and so I could go and be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's very relatable to yeah. me as well. I think personally, like, my version of, like, the, the crutch would be I just withdraw straight into my phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm the worst. Like, and I'm the same sort of thing in, in social scenarios. I think I've gotten a bit better as I'm getting older and stuff. But I used to get really anxious, like, even about, like, the way that I walked 
the way that I was standing in a certain yeah. place. If I'm because you're quite tall, Ryan. Yeah, like oh god, like body image is shit with me. Yeah, like I'm a lanky, skinny dude. Like yeah, my as a dude, lanky, you know, like skinny dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, the archetypal man, so to speak, is you know, muscly coordinated athletic guy I'm there and if I'm a sitting duck in any scenario like in a pub or something I'm yeah. like I just look like a weird weedy dude standing in the corner oh so well, that's what you think you look like mm. well you know I think I'm, I'm getting better at dealing with that and stuff but I used to get so anxious and yeah. stuff but yeah if I feel like a conversation's fizzled or something or like I just don't know who to gravitate towards I'm straight on my phone and I'm probably just looking up gear no, you're playing Mario Kart. <laughs> I'm about to delete that thing. What? Yep. Has it consumed your life? You know what? I was actually talking about this with my housemate Todd the other night. That game is a manufactured gambling addiction. Yeah. Like mm, the noises. Are. You are constantly being rewarded. Yeah. Like it is insane. It's like it's great. Candy Crush and yeah. like, like all, all those games. Yeah, totally. They're it's, designed for addiction and designed is. for you to spend your actual money. On a, jewels. Yeah, in a virtual Rubies. In a virtual world, yeah. It's nuts. But the thing is like it's not even mid-game, those things. It's like in the menus when you're picking your your driver and your, your track or like, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. The little like okay sounds. Ring, ring. It's like a validation, yeah. validation. The other night I was showing Todd um, a play-by-play of one lap of selecting your car, selecting your driver, selecting the track, and then showing him all of the ding noises that happen over the course of choosing that one race, finishing that one race, and then starting that process all over again. And it was once every like five seconds you're getting like a validatory ring sound. Yeah. And it's like, how can people like escape that? I totally understand why people get addicted to like slot machines and stuff because those noises are, it's not even if you're winning. It's like the fact that you're participating, you get rewarded for participating in that. Yeah. It's nuts. I'm into that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you're an alcoholic. You would be like. (laughs) Uh, So I guess that's interesting. Like me just blatantly calling you an alcoholic again. Are we, where, where are you on that term? You know, three three months down the line. <laughs> I still don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go back to I'm, I'm a problem drinker. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah sure. I'm an alcoholic. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So aside from being in band situations, things like that, um, we also had Pride that week or a couple of weekends after. Mm. Um, so Adelaide Pride, which was really fun. I didn't get to go on the Pride March, unfortunately. I had to work. Um, I was volunteering for some other accessible Pride events. Um, and Annie, you unfortunately were at work. Yes. And then bailed home. Yes. Why go home instead of going out to party with your fellow queers? I think because, like, initially I was back at work a little bit late and so I wasn't going to get to where I wanted to be at the right time. So then I just went home with the intention of coming back out for the Pride March after party, but then I got home and I was like, mm, Bed. much better, no other humans around yeah. here. I'm sleepy and my pyjamas are comfortable. Yeah. I feel like we've been doing a lot of um, <clears throat> socialising lately 
and a lot of being at the forefront of things. It's exhausting. Mm. I know, but I keep trying to spend more time at home. I just don't like that. I get bored. I just feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like... I've just got so many things to do at home, though. Yeah, but <laughs> you don't do them. Like, what What do you want to do at home? I do my things that I want to do at home. <laughs> like your plants, your yes. garden. Yeah. Hey, Tash, is yes. there a large drinking culture involved with pride celebrations and stuff? And secondary question aimed at Annie, is there some degree of everyone was well and truly already on their way by the time you finished work and maybe that was somewhat of a factor besides like the general social anxiety thing? I mean, my experience in previous years, I don't think people have actually been drunk at the march, certainly not in Adelaide. Sure. But Um, after like celebrations and stuff? I mean, it very quickly gets to that. And I know that in the past of like some people will run into a bar and get a shot as they're doing the parade down the street and then run back and join the line. something I would do. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done that in the past. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's difficult. There are a lot of queer events that, especially during Feast Festival this month, that do centre around bars or alcohol or even if it's just like you're going to see a theatre show but it happens to be set in a bar. Yeah. Um, I think there's also like for some reason because it's a rainbow that's immediately associated with party and party and pride seem to be synonymous with each other. Yeah. But it's like there are other queers that don't necessarily enjoy very busy spaces. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe there's queers with sensory, like, requirements. Totally. And, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It is interesting. I volunteered my time a lot on that day across various activities through the city, both before Pride and at the after party. And at the after party I was... I just notice I get so angry, like I just get so full of rage when I see. But it's like, you know that angry where you also want to cry? Mm. It's like that. And so. Why do you get angry, Tash? Oh, like because people are just so inconsiderate and like it's just little things like, you know, I'll be trying to walk through a crowded room and a bunch full of sober people would go, I'd go, excuse me, no worries. And they'd step aside. But like a drunk a room full of drunk people and, you know, I'm really struggling, carrying all these things, I'm on my own Mm. and I'm, excuse me, sorry, guys, excuse me and, you know, what it's like, everyone's drunk and falling over each other and they're tripping on you and they're standing on you and, you know, this is caught under that and it's all very stressful and I think it's just quite frustrating and overwhelming a lot quicker and because you're just on such a different level. Mm. Yeah. Like, no, you feel like you're all, it's like being alone in a room full of people, like you can't relate to anyone, you feel like no one can relate to you. So in this capacity you're working and everyone else is partying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. gotcha. Um, Because it is different when I'm sober partying because I can definitely let go and relax a lot more then. Mm. Yeah. Um, But when I'm working, I guess I'm I'm keen to work, I'm keen to... Yeah, yeah. I'm keen to engage with people who want to engage with me. I don't want to get, you know, trampled or whatever. Sure, sure. Like, yeah, there should be, like, a consideration for professionals on the job, right? Well, you know, and any event photographer can tell you that that is not the case. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't tell you the amount of, you know. Like, my experience of doing, like, pub cover gigs as a woman. Well, God, we can talk about what happened at your single launch. I mean, that's not even, that's not even the worst thing by far. No, 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 no. But, like, 
even just in recent terms. <laughs> yeah. So like Ryan, I feel like you were actually probably more enraged than yeah, Annie you was were. about you it. You were about to leap I off the stage furious. and grab him by the throat. I was That's so, so furious. Not true. So, so set the stage for us, Ryan. What happened? Um, so we were, you know, mid-set and um, we'd finished a song and this guy to the left of the stage starts kind of like, you know, opening up his conversational forum on <laughs> us. Sorry, let's let's paint this picture. This yeah, Annie, you very this short, um, yeah, go on. Um, probably somewhere between the ages of fifty and fifty-seven. Um, white male uh, was. I think he thought he was being funny by making little quips at the end of um, songs. songs. Yeah. Usually, it was something along the lines of. Oh, you girls! You girls are awesome, and you to which I rock. To which I responded that we were in fact women, which he didn't <laughs> seem to understand. It's amazing the yeah. difference. And then he started kind of like pointing me out and saying like, "Oh, except for that guy," but you know, blah blah blah. And he started, I don't know, just he went on like a whole. Oh, I don't give a fuck if you're a man or you're oh, a woman, yeah. like. I don't give a fuck what gender you choose. And then Annie's like, you don't choose a gender. Yeah. Because obviously arguing back and heckling with people on stage, like you can't win. And I could just see, like Annie looked fine, but Ryan knew. I was very relaxed. I was ready to keep going. I I got to the point where I did tell him to shut the fuck up and that's when Ryan was about to lose it. Yeah. And yeah. I was just watching Ryan get more and more upset, and then I just sort of thought to myself, I was like, "Right, one more thing, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something. Like, I'm gonna go say something." And I guess that's like the moment that I oh, think. What did he say? Well, it was, he said, are you are you happy yeah. or are you gay? And that's that was right. the. And then Tash was like, "Nah, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, you were like, nah, nah." And then you, I just marched and then over Tash there. Tash owned the situation. <laughs> so classy. Thank you so much. So, it was so how classy. do I how do I paint this picture? It was like a principal beelining across a basketball court during an assembly to escort the naughty child it outside. It was like that. It was like it that. It was such like an, I felt like so validated by that whole <laughs> process. <laughs> you just handled it so beautifully Thank and you, you. you drove the message home and you did it so yeah. like, calmly but assertively. I felt and like I was such having a, a quiet meltdown <laughs> in the corner on the stage. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like but that that's the thing. Like, and I think a lot of um people can attest to this if they've ever felt unsafe at night, women especially, um, young, you know, young people, when you're walking home and you're thinking about all those scenarios about where you get abducted or someone comes up behind you or when a car slows down and I don't know whether this is just my anxious brain, but it's pretty common for me to go, okay, I could kick them here and do this and do that and I can run down that alley and, like, you know, you've got this whole Mm. plan of what you would do and it was almost like I'd been training my whole life for this moment, you know, and so we just sort of said, like, come with me right now. And we went outside. And I actually got really, all of a sudden, really intimidated and nervous when we went outside because there was absolutely no alone. one else. Yeah. Because I was alone and there was absolutely no one else out there. And that's when I'd realised, oh, I've just taken the violent, like, aggressive man from the public space into a private space where it's just me. Yeah. Um, but he was, I guess, like you said, Annie, like, I had a real principal vibe going mm. on. Um, 
And I guess the thunder showed on my face and he was instantly intimidated by me. And I was mm. sort of pointed in his face and I said, your behaviour in there is, is like inappropriate. You can't behave like that. And then he seemed to be very genuinely confused. And what do you mean? What do you mean? That's and the I, thing that pisses me yeah, off. Yeah. And I said, look. That's you, because that, for you know, years and years in the past it would have been written off as, oh, that's just Barry just, when he's had a few yes, drinks exactly. and that's excused. Exactly. Because yeah, even even just then, like, I found myself in my mind going, yeah, but he was just drunk. So, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, that then ties back in with boys will be boys yeah, exactly. and all of that shit. Oh, exactly. so, and so I said to him, I was yeah. like, this is a big night for them. This is their single launch. They are not here for you. They are not here to play for you and they are certainly not here to hear your feedback. And I was like, I don't want to hear a single peep out of you when we go back in there. And if we do, I will escort you out again myself. And he was, you know, kind of intimidated. And I was like, do you understand? And he was like, I, you know, I do. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I don't want an apology. I want you to understand. And he's like, oh, you, I understand. I was like, right, now go in there again and behave. And I, thought, and I sort of thought, Jesus like, Christ. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, what is going Should on have here? Should his bottom. Yeah, on, honestly, that's what it was like. And then when we came back in, I was sort of like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, like adrenaline kind of running. Honestly, like you, you that you don't realise how, I mean, you do realise that is such a huge win for like women who have been in that situation, who have been abused and belittled, you yeah. know, because they are women. Yeah. Mm, you know, I was like, trying to angle towards the audience booing him out. I wanted that so bad. I, it would have happened had Tash left her, I reckon. But yeah. I'm glad that she I came in to, when she did because then we could just get on with it. Yeah, I just didn't want <laughs> it to your take single away. launch yeah. To, yeah, to be about this dickhead. Like, yeah. By the way, if you do want to listen to the single, it's called Body Close and it's by Seabass and it's now available on Spotify, Apple Music and all your regular other streaming services. Sick plug. It's my favourite thing is being your number one fan. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so fun for me that you have something that you're talented at and passionate about that I can cheer you on and I can like I don't have to put in any work. I don't have to write any songs or learn any music or sit back go to and rehearsals. Enjoy it. Exactly. Like all I have to do is support you. Like it, that's actually quite easy in the grand scheme of things, you know. And so it's fun. Like I feel like a lot of my partners in the past have not had their own real passions you know they've had their own interests but nothing that they really that drives them and that they really are passionate about and that they work towards um I've always sort of been the doer or the one that does all the things mm, must be weird for you or nice it's you nice just enjoy it. it's nice because you're not all up in my business and you can support me from a distance and I can support you from whatever distance and we both get all the things that we want done and we both feel successful at the end of the day and are loved and supported. Yeah, yeah, fucking great. Power yeah. couple. And I guess, like, obviously because we don't have any crossover in our careers as well, there's no underlying jealousy or anything either, which I think is nice. Mm. I think there's, like, the right amount of crossover in that. Mm. Creativity we, wise, we may be at the same event, or yeah, we know the same people. We know the same people. We get invited yeah. to the same things. Yeah, yeah. New segue. Let's talk about the wedding we were at. Yay, Yay. wedding, wedding. So as we discussed, we went to a wedding when we were in the UK, and Annie and I. Str- well, I struggled. Yeah, that was fairly difficult with the alcohol being away. I guess overseas and. Mm. So many friends that we hadn't seen in such a long time and not really knowing anyone there. 
How did I mean, you... I had those beta blockers, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't care about anything after that. Yeah. Um, how did you feel at this wedding? In the, We obviously had a, we were a bit more included in this wedding. I was actually yeah. the, the fake celebrant. Again, it's like because we had this common activity, this common goal, I didn't have any anxiety about it. Yeah. I thought that you might because you didn't really know anyone at the wedding. Yeah, I thought that I was going to struggle as well, but then I didn't. Yeah. Or like even if I did, I kind of just excused myself if if the conversation fizzled out or whatever. Yeah, I think you were great. And I think like the one person that I actually had like a, you know, a few minutes of a chat to throughout the whole day happened to be a screaming extrovert anyway so it was like it was such a it was Kyle? like the perfect yeah, yeah. Perfect balance because he would ask really great leading questions and then I'd just answer them and that's generally how I work best in with <laughs> scary social situations yeah, you sort of happy to be interviewed <laughs> yeah yeah right you need like those people people yeah to help you out absolutely See, I find if I'm in a conversation with somebody who's anxious, I become an, the extrovert that nobody wants. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, I'm just talking utter shit so that there's not a silence because mm. I'm so awkward. Like that's because you're like you're an introverted extrovert. Yes, I am. So you're this weird lie. <laughs> <laughs> I am a lie. You know what I mean? I feel like a fucking lie. Some of my actions I don't feel like match up with what I think or say that I want or think that I want, you know, like. What do you mean? Well, like I just really want some downtime this weekend and I just need to recoup and relax. And And then when you have it, you're like, I need to start 78 new projects. Yeah, literally. Um, And like I need to invest myself in this and talk about this and do this, 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 this. Maybe I'll quit crafting career and get a full-time job, a nine-to-five. Yeah, insanity. Like that cycles around every to six months so basically the hardest part for me was the pre again the pre-wedding like the pre-wedding nerves Mm. um because that's the thing like it's it's the catastrophizing about what could go wrong yeah because when it's happening it's happening and you just have to deal with it yeah and i think like both you and i when things are happening we just deal with them yeah and then Which once it's it happened, it's happened. So there's no point worrying about. Yeah, it. we are very good at moving on. Yeah, you know, Annie and I will. But I think that's classic anxiety: is worrying about every single yeah, yeah, possible yeah. thing that yeah. could go wrong. And then afterwards, being like, okay, what's the next thing to worry about? Like, yes, because you know, well, even- do you know we literally got home, we debriefed about it, and then you went, "All right, next." That was in the car on the way home. Yeah, and I checked my calendar and was like, "Oh, okay, yep. So this is the next weekend, and then we've got this, and then it's oh, and then it's Christmas." Like, yeah, mm. it was really difficult watching everyone. I guess my sister. So it was my very good friends, Kate and Ben, um, who were getting married. They actually got legally married on the Friday, and then I was their fake theatrical celebrant on the Saturday. Um, with they all eloped of, to the registry office <laughs> with all their friends and family, and my younger sister. And all of her friends were there and I've known them all for a really long time and watched them all grow up and they have seen me in some really horrendous places alcohol-wise, probably more so than a lot of my own friends really did. And then I guess watching them all have a drink and I really wanted to like join in again and like the gang's back together, you know, and it kind of very much felt like that to the point where I get like I almost kind of like black out sometimes. Like I, like I see wine or or alcohol unattended 
and it's like my body is like I lose control of my mind and my body and it's almost like there's a glitch and it's like I can feel myself like glitching. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, is it that glitch where you go, is anyone looking? Should I drink that? I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to go around the corner. I'm going to drink that. Maybe if I just pour myself a glass. And yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. But it's all happening it, like all of those thoughts happen in one second and less. I don't yeah, it yeah. less and I don't even realize they're happening and it's like a physical reaction like I kind of get bile that rises up in my stomach my stomach either like drops through the floor or jumps up into my throat like sounds like anxiety I feel dizzy and woozy <laughs> yeah truly and I'm just like and all You're of that panicking yeah about wine truly wine panic oh hashtag wine panic oh it's such a thing and it only lasts like three seconds and then I'm like, get away. And I have to like remove myself from the situation mm. until I see the next or bottle. Or do something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty full on. Yeah. I, I get a similar thing. I mean, not as intense as that sounds, but. I guess I'm still it's early days. Unopened of. bottles of champagne. Unopened bottles. Yeah. Oh, see, no. The celebratory, like the pop of the cork. Nah. It's, and. Uh, it's. I guess it's like Mario Kart. You're getting the sound yeah. and the the reward, and the streamers fall down, and the balloons fall down, and you've won fifty million dollars. Like that is what an unopened bottle of champagne holds. See, for me, it's like <laughs> I my be, insane. My biggest problem was not the unopened bottle, but it was the open bottle half drunk on going the table. To waste. Got, yes. Oh my god, going <laughs> to waste, and it just. Oh my god, like. It goes against everything and it's so hard for me. Like I hate being a wasteful person in any regard. So the idea of money, it's like the only wasting you want to do is to yourself. Uh, so, So it's so hard and I just I'm trying to have conversations with people but I keep seeing my eye like moving over to the bottle and in the end I just had to move the bottle over to the bar car so it wasn't us at. That other guitar gig. festival, yeah. When the guys brought over the yeah that um, we talked about last time, bubbly, on the podcast. yeah. And we were like <laughs> dead in front of each other, having the same experience. Yeah, yeah. lol. But yeah, so I was very, very anxious beforehand, and then as soon as I'd done the ceremony and we'd signed the fake papers and everything was done, I didn't care anymore, and mm. I was and like it was like a weird screen was lifted where I was like oh yeah and I saw drunk people for what they actually are and that is annoying Mm. (laughs) like no they're fine do you know what I mean not every drunk person is annoying but in this particular circumstance I guess as the wedding planner MC slash celebrant I needed a lot of people to be listening and taking on their tasks um so it's quite difficult when other people have had a drink and you can't you are sober so you're not on that level Mm. and you don't have much patience I guess or understanding but it was fine and we did it and that's two sober weddings down now yeah I think that's impressive like we definitely ghosted at like 8 30 but do we gotta do you know yeah I think we stayed for all the formalities yeah it's only gonna go downhill from there like weddings do (laughs) yeah it was fine yeah, it's hard because there's so much free piss at weddings. Yeah, it was just everywhere. And just so much different free piss. Yes. So it's like, oh, do I want a cocktail? Do yes. I want whiskey? Do I want a beer? Yes, I want all of the above. And the unopened bottle of champagne. Pop. Woo! So good. Uh, I think the best, best thing I did, though, I bought um, along some of my kombuchas and sort of had them to drink throughout the day and 
put them in my little stubby holder that, you know, that was mm. supplied at the wedding. and Yeah, I had a can of Coke in a stubby holder. Yeah. I thought that was a good way of feeling like I was... Yeah, I felt sort of included. You know, a part of it. And sometimes I'll just pour whatever I'm drinking into a wine glass and that feels quite nice. Yeah, I like doing that. That's a good little sensory trick. Mm, um, a sand pelly in a vino yeah, glass. Yes, wanky. Treat yourself. So, Annie... Mm. What steps have you taken? What what steps have you taken to better your mental health since we last spoke? Not a lot because I haven't been to my psychologist in a while, but that's because we went away. Um, I mean, I haven't drunk since we got back from Europe, so that's amazing. pretty big. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to make sure I sleep enough, which I know I don't have a problem with doing, but <laughs> I just, like, I really know that I need my sleep. That's you a do. really big thing. And I'm, like, talking, like, eight to ten hours a day. Which is insane. It is a lot of sleep. But I need it. Because I only need, like, four is fine for me. Yeah, but my body's, like, so I always, I just need, yeah, very highly strong. I know. (laughs) Very tired all the time. Yeah. No, um, I'm trying to drink more water as well because I know that that's something that I've been really terrible at. I actually messaged Caitlin about this today um, because she's not well and I – said go get a couple of hydrolyte tablets, the effervescent dissolvable ones, smash them in a, you know, litre water bottle and it sorts you right out. And so I've definitely taken to doing that um, as these days get warmer and I know I'm not hydrating enough. Like obviously you can't be cheating every day and drinking mm. hydrolyte every day, but just on those days where you you know that it's better to, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also trying to order less Uber Eats. Well, that's good. Yeah, so enjoying some home cooked meals. Yes. So we tried a meal delivery plan. Yeah. Which has been working well for it's us. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Does it does the trick? It's the, I think the thing is like not having to think about what's for dinner every night certainly helps. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, guess- I don't know. I guess it's like really it's like more routine based based stuff, which is what my psych was going on about anyway before we went away. Yeah remembering to take my medication that is every major <laughs> that is so major for you i know i can't stress it enough actually a lunatic so the last week annie <clears throat> really messed up the medication cycle so normally you'll take we both will take uh medication anti-anxiety medication every morning just your casual ssri yeah and that's fine that helps us both function and annie messed hers up I think three, four days in a row and then last week was basically a write-off and, you know, you sort of kept saying I'm so delicate and I feel so fragile and I'm I'm so unhappy and I'm so stressed and why do I feel like this? And I think what was what seemed to be upsetting you more was not knowing why you felt like that rather mm. than the actual feeling, like because because you kept asking me all week, like, why am I delicate? Why? <laughs> why am I like this? Literally. <laughs> and I just kept texting you back and I was like, you are in a medically induced psychosis. Like, <laughs> you know, like you've got to take your meds, people. You've, you've got to take your meds and you've got to take them Unless religiously. prescribed by your doctor. Yeah, obviously. Unless you have a plan for weaning off. Yeah, exactly. So don't yeah, just yeah. stop. I just, my attention span is so short that I don't know if I've taken it or not. Yes, and that mm. happens a lot. So we've got a new system. Yes, the and system is either myself or Tash will put the sheet of of drugs in my <laughs> I couldn't think I was like the the medication there we go um 
in my coffee cup in the morning because that I can religiously do because if I don't have coffee, I get a severe headache at about 10 a.m. because I have a caffeine problem. Yeah. Ah, classic alcoholic. Um, I think a lot of people have caffeine addictions that yeah, they don't true. address. It's like a society thing. But, yeah, so that's been helpful because I actually have to physically take them out of the cup to make my coffee. So then I just, like, splash my water in there, pop one out, neck it, and then good to go. Yeah. I'm very pleased. This system has been in place for about a week and has been working. And I feel heaps well. better. It's weird. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's like it's like the medication's actually helping. <laughs> Fuck. Medication is so wild. Like I can't believe that I lived my shitty anxious life unmedicated for so long. Why would I do that to myself? Yeah, I'm annoyed that I took so little for so long because I was on like 50 milligrams or something for like the majority of my early, like late teens, early 20s. But really I should have doubled that and then I probably would have had, no, I don't know. It's hard because I I learned so much from making mistakes a couple of times. Mm. I don't think I would be who I am if I hadn't learnt from the shitty things that I've done. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, whew, I could have had so many more things achieved by now. <laughs> I just don't, I can't even, because Im- I got so much done any- <laughs> anyway in my life. Like I don't even know. I mean, and so did I realistically. Yeah. We're both very high functioning. Um, but there's just the emotional, yeah, the pendulum swing of emotions. Yeah. I probably would have had less like. Nervous breakdowns yeah. and less driven drunk less. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. Um, no, medication has changed my life. Now I don't feel nauseous when I wake up every morning. I don't have panic attacks all day <laughs> for weeks at a time. I reckon I've had one. No, that's wrong. Never mind. I was going to make a big sweeping statement about panic attacks. Like if you roll back to like age 22 I was probably having about four massive ones a week Mm. that would last for about half an hour Mm. and they were awful now maybe have one a year it's pretty good I mean obviously they're awful yeah but they're like like I know what they are now yeah yeah yeah. oh god yeah panic attacks are horrendous this is you know a chat for another time Mm. but I am going to see my psych for the first time since we went away next Friday um that was pushed by Annie because after the Pride weekend, I just... You worked yourself into oblivion. Yeah, which I do. And, like, you know, I was talking to lovely Bluey yes, just yesterday and it's he made the comment, everyone's addicted to something. And I said, yeah, and I'm addicted to work. And I know that. Like, I completely understand that I work for the same reasons that I drink and that's so that I can be so invested in something else that I don't have to think about all the reasons <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> and he's just collapsed over on the chair. Like, it's awful. It's awful. Like, I just need something else going on in there at all times. I think that's why, there is, like, for me there is something else going on in there all the time and that is noises and, like, catchphrases and yeah. things on repeat inside my head. La, 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 la. Yeah. yeah. See, whereas mine's like lists and ideas and problem solving and networking and grander ideas and grander ideas and future ideas. And that like, makes me too tired. Yeah, no, it. that's like my fuel, you know, that's my mm. energy is like my, that's my motivation to get up in the morning and do things. Otherwise, if I didn't have my creativity and if I didn't have things to work on, I would never get out of bed. 
Yeah, it's a fine balance for me, I reckon, because if I have too much on, that's when I want to self-sabotage and that's when I want to It's so so difficult to find the balance. It is. This is obviously something that I need to talk to my psych about. And obviously when I work, then I stop. And, like, you know, you were the one that sort of pointed out to me. You're like, okay, so you're not eating and now you're You're not not sleeping. sleeping. You're not drinking water. And you're starting to cut off all of those basic things. And, like, I hadn't even noticed because I just slipped so easily Mm. into – Work, 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 yeah. work. Like, I tried to suggest that you maybe just shorten some of your commitments, but you didn't <laughs> seem to want to do that, which is fine. You're going to have to learn it yourself yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And obviously you always think you know best until you don't. So, I mean, I don't think I do. Mm. I say I do and then you say something and then I usually concede. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I think sometimes it takes me two days. Yeah, sometimes you just need to hear a different point of view to reconsider your options. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been nice chatting to you, Annie. Thanks for being Caitlin today. You're so welcome. Anything else you would like to say? Uh, that Seabass single again that you oh can check God. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I will actually reference people to the why do I like this podcast uh, playlist. That why is, do I like this? Yeah, why do I like this on uh, Spotify? It's cool. A- it's actually on Annie Siegman's. Are, are you being serious with me right now that you do? I don't know if I follow it. Are you kidding? I made this on your on your what Spotify account. on my account. Spotify account? <laughs> you scumbag. Annie. Yes. So we're just going to have a moment here. Annie, do you know that I've talk- we've talked about this playlist so many times because I've told you how excited I was by the great name. Why do I, I like didn't this? Know, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what it was called. I, do you know what I actually thought it was? Classic. I just thought it was like a, a playlist that you and Ryan and Caitlin just had <laughs> and you like – just put songs on for each of you to listen to. That's cute. No, it's mm. a it's a pod, it's a playlist it's for, the fans. for the people. <laughs> it's a playlist for it's, the people. It's, it's for a you. playlist for everyone. It's for you, including me. And apparently, it's curated on my Spotify it account. Is. So great! You, I'll look for that in a hot minute. You can. It's well. My point is that the Sea Bass Body Close single is on that playlist. Oh well, that's heaps <laughs> easier for people to find. Um, Why do I like this? Great playlist. Um, it's mm, lots of emo bangers from me. It's very easy to see who added which songs. Caitlin's are all the uh, pop. You're going to be throwing my algorithm <laughs> algorithms out with all your emo bangers. Oh yeah, my daily mixes are like it's all me. None of them are you. Also, a shout out to our patreons this week. Huge thank you to Beck Fletcher who signed up for our ten dollar Patreon. Woo! Um, woohoo! That really means a lot to us. Um, we've also got new two dollar donations, and we've got some anonymous five dollar donators. Mystery friends. Mis- mystery friends. Well, we know who they are, but they prefer to remain anonymous, which anonymous. is totally fine. Um, so thank you so much for that, guys, because that helps um, us pay Ryan and pay other people for interviews. Um, and all of the advertising and little things that we do. Um, I don't get paid, so you can rest assured that you know your money is going somewhere better. (laughs) What are you talking about? Annie. Uh, What? (laughs) Um, What else? Tash, do you have a quote of the week? Oh, Ryan, good one. There I am. Um, My quote of the week. I am woman. No. Hear me roar. Well, no. that's, that's Annie's. No, it's not. Um, 
Should be, I am Tash. Let me put you in your place in a very classy manner. <laughs> I am Tash. Stop making me want to cry. <laughs> oh, my God. Grown adults. Rage cry. Uh, yeah. I've been rage crying a lot lately. Um, my quote of the week, that's tough because I've been in such a weird place. Um, Are these just quotes you make up on the spot? Yeah. Mm. Well, they're not. They don't make them up. They're normally, like, hidden in my Could I offer one this week? You can. Offer away, Ryan. Okay. I often go back to this one. It is keep your eyes on your own lane. Yes. Aww. Yeah. Yes. That is good. That's and a good if you're one. straddling the line, get the fuck back over into your own lane. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be distracted by your other friend's successes or be jealous of it. Just yeah. stay in your lane and keep working on what you're working on. Yeah. I like that. And I live by that. But can I add another one to the end of that? Absolutely. Which is. Um, it's not like a, it's not really a positive one, but it's pay attention to the people who don't clap when you win. Oh, oh, I, I do. like that. And I think that that's very relevant to this staying, you know, stay in your own lane, like stay in your own lane. Do you, Yeah. but support your friends. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't need, it's not a competition. You don't need to be against them. Absolutely. I just want us all to win together. Yes. Like, that is that my, is yeah. oh, that is what we want. That is why it's we so funny. I'm so in love. I've just got to throw this in there. But sure. Do you remember last week how we said everything would just be better if the whole world was just gone and just yes. exploded? Mm, Annie and I were having a bit of an existential crisis. Yeah. So cool. it's funny that we fluctuate so, like, again, it's that pendulum swing of extremes is we just want everyone to succeed together and rise to the top we together and we want to help you. But also everything could just be avoided if we're all nothing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's so funny. And I think a lot of people feel like that. But Mm. ultimately, while we're alive, we might as well make it positive. So, yeah. Go team. Go team. Um, So jump on that Patreon. Give us some donations. That would be great. Um, If you don't have any pennies to spare, that's totally cool. You can support us for free by liking us on Instagram at whyamilikethispod. You can shoot us an email at justwhypod at gmail.com and you can listen to our playlist on Annie Siegman's Spotify, <laughs> Why Do I Like This? This has been Why Do I Like This? Brought to you by Annabelle Sneegman and... <laughs> that was awful, Tash, <laughs> because first of all, the podcast is called Why Am I Like This? Yeah. You just said the podcast was called Why Do I Like This? Did I? Yeah, you're getting... They fucking know. They know. They know. They know. They know. Play the theme song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you've been affected by anything said in this episode please contact lifeline at 13 11 14 or www.lifeline.org.au why am i like this is a weekly good production produced by caitlin ellen moore and hosted by tash the audio for this podcast was recorded and edited by ryan martin john the why am i like this jingle was created by annie siegman and ryan martin john why am i like this was recorded and produced on ghana lands and we pay our respects to elders past present and emerging thanks for listening